But we begin this evening with a murder mystery, a re-examination of a controversial historical case that divided the British and Irish press 170 years ago. It involves a couple on holiday, a professional artist and his wife, a keen and adventurous swimmer. The case is the subject of the new book, Death on Ireland's Eye, the Victorian murder trial that scandalised a nation. The author is Dean Ruxton. He spoke to our reporter, Colm Flynn. This is a story of a woman called Maria Kirwan. Maria Kirwan was, as a person, seems like she made friends easily. In the context of the story, she was married to a man named William Burke Kirwan. You know, well-to-do, and around the time we're going to talk about, they had decamped from sort of like what was described variously as a lavish kind of Marion Street mansion at one point, to Hoth for the summer months. And she would become, you know, one of the most talked about people in the country. And you mentioned her husband, William Burke Kirwan. On the face of it, an upstanding member of society? Um, I mean, ostensibly, maybe, but in reality, probably not. A guy whose character and professional baggage and personal baggage would become really central to to any discussion about him, about his wife, about what would happen. Allegations of his relationships and his his marital situation, let's say. The year is 1852, and the setting for this story is the island of Ireland's Eye, just north of Hoth in Dublin. Ireland's Eye is a little island just sort of north of the harbour, overlooks the harbour. Anyone who's been there will, will, will know the island, um, quite sort of untouched, you know, some interesting old ruins. It was the 6th of September in 1852, and for the most part, it was a nice day with scattered showers. West, southwest wind, not too windy. A bit of a breeze, showers, it had rained a bit. That day, William Kirwan and Maria Kirwan went to Ireland's Eye. They hired a boat from um, a small crew of fishermen who also ferried people over and back to the island. They went over about 10am and they arranged for the guys to come back to pick them up at about 8pm. And this was something they'd done before. Um, typically, Maria would walk the island and do some swimming and uh, William would sketch the surroundings. On the face of it, it was going to be just, just another day. It was at the end of the day when the boatsmen returned at 8pm to collect the couple, they noticed William Burke was on his own. They found Maria missing. It was just it was just William up on the rock. And it was Mick Nangle, uh, reportedly, who said first, you know, um, where's Maria? Where's, where's the wife? William told the boatsmen that he'd been separated from his wife during a rain shower and he couldn't find her. Immediately, a search of the island got underway and it wasn't long until the gruesome discovery was made. They found Maria dead out of sight of the harbour, kind of, kind of to the south, kind of to the east, in a place called the Long Hole, which is kind of a bleak, rocky, sh- shingly part of, of the island, a little inlet, where people didn't normally swim, especially not women. Dean, are there any accounts recorded of what William Burke's reaction was like when he met the fishermen and told them that his wife was missing, and then to the discovery? It's a huge point of contention, really. One reading of it is he wasn't concerned at all, and it had to be you know, the fisherman who said, where's the wife? Another one, his own, said that he said it first. And when they found the body, now, again, it depends on what you choose to believe, but when they found the body, he, he cried, he fell, he wailed, you know. 
some people said very clearly an act, some people said very clearly a natural reaction of, of a man finding his, his wife dead. This is a reoccurring theme in this mystery, contradicting details and accounts of what happened on that day on the island. A lot of this story and about, uh, you know, trying to piece it together is about contradictions, that there are huge inconsistencies in the story, which made it actually very challenging to put together. <laughs> because the first thing you do is you, is you go, OK, what's the what's the undisputed version of events or something close to it, something rendering the story in clarity? And that just doesn't exist here. The initial investigation was over quite quickly when the cause of death was concluded as accidental death by drowning and Maria Kirwan was buried in Glasnevin Cemetery. There was some suspicion at the time. You know, William came back and his legs were very wet, which need to waste high fern and vegetation on the island. But also, you know, he was sitting there and it was a, a local uh, sergeant named um, Sherwood who observed this first, that his trousers were dripping. He took his stockings off to dry them by the fire while they were preparing his wife's body next door, and in the next room, I should say. It was declared, you know, accidental drowning. And that was sort of it. It was after Maria had been buried that hushed whispers and rumours about her husband, William Burke, began to get louder. Stories began to circulate about William. Allegations and stories came out that he had an entire secret life with a second woman, with children, all in Dublin, which will give you a motive. Um, obviously intolerable in terms of the sensibilities of sort of Victorian Ireland and especially the kind of the class he occupied. And how much that came to bear versus the actual provable, demonstrable facts of the case is at the core of a debate that was volcanic at the time, that was bitter. Now the spotlight was firmly on William Burke and a case was being built against him. For instance, various people reported hearing screams on the harbour from Ireland's eye. Reports said that there were people lining up saying they heard it from the Bailey Lighthouse, many kilometres away, over a lot of land. Various, you know, the times differ, the amount of shouts they heard differ, the tone and, you know, urgency of the shouts differ. There's a cache of evidence from what the women who washed the body say they saw. Little tiny cuts, surface cuts, you know, uh, various parts of her face and body. At the time, the coroner said they're probably crab bites. Other people said, no, they're not crab bites. So there was quite a lot of circumstantial evidence. But the thing with circumstantial evidence is it doesn't have to be... No one piece has to be that compelling, you know? It's how they work together. One month after being buried, Maria's body was exhumed and Dr George Hatchell performed the post-mortem examination. And in his report, when speculating if the drowning was accidental or not, he said... It would be hazardous in conjunction with having an opinion on it. He said it would be hazardous for me to say either way. And that is not what he said at trial. What he said at trial instead was, I have never seen the characteristics he mentioned in what he said was, quote, a simple drowning. It made an impact on the jury. In a letter written by the jury after the trial, they said that this is what most convinced them of the guilty verdict. And so William Burke was sentenced. William Burke Heron was sent to Bermuda on transportation. He was sentenced to death originally and then the death sentence was commuted to life, which was in itself a bit of controversy. And it was actually the one thing that the both sides agreed on. Why is he why is he why is he getting life? You know, because either he did it and he should be hanged, or he didn't do it and he should be set free. William Burke Kirwan spent a little over a quarter of a century in prison, 
spent largely between Spike Island and Cork and then Bermuda, before being released and fading into obscurity. Very little is known about the later years of his life. One report said he was Britain's oldest convict when he got out. It seems he kind of disappeared into the ether. One account says that he visited the island of Ireland's Eye one more time as a feebled, grey-haired man, returning to the scene of that terrible accident that took his wife, or the scene of his horrific murder. Most likely, no one will ever know. It, it, it's a murder mystery. The mystery isn't a murder and who committed it. It's a death and whether it was a murder. It's a sad, tragic, bleak death of a woman and whether she was murdered. That's the mystery. Colin Flynn was reporting there. He was talking to journalist Dean Ruxton about the trial and conviction of William Burke Kerwin for the murder of his wife, Maria Kerwin. You can find out more about this story in Dean's book, which conducts a new forensic analysis of the case and explores the idea that Burke Kerwin was perhaps wrongfully convicted. The book is called Death on Ireland's Eye, the Victorian murder trial that scandalised a nation. It's published by Gill Books.